In the two weeks since we last recorded, a lot has happened in the Dungeons & Dragons community with regards to proposed changes to the open game license. We, the 12-sided guys, stand with the community at large in opposing the proposed changes, which have recently been somewhat walked back by Wizards of the Coast. For years, Wizards of the Coast has helped D&D grow into the thriving community it is today, even with the occasional misstep. And we sincerely hope that this is simply another misstep that will be addressed and corrected. Obviously, the company should make money on their product, this being America and all. But what these proposed changes miss is what the D&D product really is. It's a framework for community, for adventuring parties, friends. And it's not the only option for that out there. We, the 12-sided guys, feel that the proposed changes to the OGL are a short-sighted attempt that pits profit over product, and that it would ultimately be detrimental to the D&D community and brand. As such, should Wizards of the Coast change the OGL in this manner, we would just say, it's morphin' time, and find a new system to continue telling our stories, following suit with many others in the community who've already made that change. What will not change, however, regardless of Wizards of the Coast's decision, is our commitment to all you dodecadorks and this podcast. It will always be the epic, silly, sincere adventure you've grown to love. Welcome back, dodecadorks. We're the 12-sided guys. We have Matt playing Pine. Hi. Scott playing Roos. That's me. Sabrina playing Nari. Hey there. Jordan playing Richter. Good evening. And me, Paul, playing C-SPAN in the background for inspiration. But more on that in a minute. (laughs) Before we jump into the super exciting game tonight inspired by C-SPAN, just a quick reminder that we have a store at 12sidedguys.com slash store. Get some merch, maybe a t-shirt, a stein, or some stickers. Also, there's bonus content over on the Patreon, including some outtakes that just got a little too racy for the podcast. So go check that out. And of course, just keep spreading the word. People keep finding us out there in cyberspace, and we know a lot of that is thanks to the word of mouth from you guys that have made it this far into the adventure. So thank you. One last thing. I know we settled on Dodecadorks as a nickname for all you nuts out there still listening to us after over 100 total episodes, but I wanted to give an honorable mention to a late entry from Kelly. I thought her idea was super cute. The Dozens Cousins. Anyway... Oh, that's good. That's good. That is cute. It's adorable. <laughs> I know, isn't it so cute? It's like it's uh, like a cartoon. It's like a cartoon about a bunch of cousins that uh, solve crimes together or something. Dozens of crimes. Yes. Um, and they work in a bakery. And there's oh 13 of them. There's 13 of them because yes, it's a baker's dozen. there's 13 of them. Yes. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> okay, guys, wait. Put this podcast on hold. We need to, like, we need to brainstorm this out right now. And we're back. Anyway, (laughs) if you ever attacked by a bounty hunter that you killed who then crawled his way out of the underworld to get back at you only to be killed again so he could basically become a robot to try to get you a third time, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 96. His name was Pison, but he really pissed me off. Wait, what Ooh. was that from? How did you pick up on Pison so fast, Matt? That's amazing to me. <laughs> it's from a game called Seventh Saga. Oh, yes. okay, okay. Oh, which I found out, apparently, that game was hard. You know why it was so hard? When they ported it over to the United States from Japan, they left off some kind of something or other that um, made it more difficult. 
Like they actually changed the programming when they ported it to the United States. Um, it, the game is difficult. However, I have seen it get beat. A lot of the remasters that they're doing of those older games, they up the XP gains. So like when you play like the remasters, you level up a lot faster than when what you did in the original versions. Honestly, I wouldn't even be mad. <laughs> Final Fantasy XII was much easier for me the second time through. Um, and I always had Fran in my party. Easier on the eye, <laughs> higher resolution, Fran. Hey, Paul, careful. <laughs> you mentioned Fran. We mentioned her recently. And people might start to draw the connection there. Oh, God. They might uh, start sending you pillows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say I wouldn't like a, what is it, was it a, a, a Takimakaru. Is that what they're called? I don't even know what they're called. A body pillow? <laughs> a body pillow. Uh, <laughs> anyway. No, I'm good, guys. I'm good. You don't have my address anyway. We got to get a P.O. box now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we need to get a yes, P.O. We box. Do. One big enough for a body pillow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Just 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 the case. I don't need the whole pillow. Just the pillow case. <laughs> what are you gonna climb in it or something? <laughs> You've I... already got the pillow. You already picked out the perfect pillow. You just need the pillow case. You wait on it. It's sitting in your closet for <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh. Uh, oh my gosh. All right. Well, anyway, welcome back to 12-sided guys to our Crystal Codex campaign. Last time we were together, we started chapter eight and it started a little bit different than normal we had nari and the boys after doing research for nine days in the city of elmar uh, in the library of cadriel we took a little jaunt north back up to the glass mountains where um, some old friends were answering the call from nari to go and investigate all of the wind all of the stormy wind that had been going on uh, up in the glass mountains to potentially find the herald of the wind and they did uh so we had tikris and adressa as well as dordan and yostin who ventured up into the glass mountains and confronted trophos the herald of air uh, the breath of Pavantis. After a very hairy fight where uh, I believe Dordan got knocked unconscious there at the end, they managed to uh, ignore most of the air elementals and go straight for Trophos and defeated him and took the key. The last thing that we heard last time was a message ascending that was sent back to Nari that they had in fact defeated Trophos and were on their way to Almar to deliver the key in person. It was a Nari very well-worded and succinct message. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as most sendings are when they're not pre-written. Yes, exactly. And that is basically where we are at right now. So here we are in the city of Almar in the library of Cadriel. We have Roos, Nari, Richter, and Pine who are... Um, finishing up some research that they've been doing with uh, some of the librarians here in the library. Um, specifically, there was a librarian named uh, Degory and another librarian named Zeta. And they were able to help uh, facilitate some research about the heralds as well as about um, inevitability and uh, coordinate through the use of a palantir, um, basically like a if anyone's read Lord of the Rings, it, it's a ball that lets you communicate back and forth between different balls. Um, in Lord of the Rings, Sauron had one, and so you couldn't trust him. But so um, with the help of Degory and Zeta here in Almar, we also were able to talk with the other librarians back in Arkelvi, including Colbry and Horton and Jem 
and Erda. Uh, that was now nine days since the defeat of Amavi, the herald of Ether, the the, uh, the mind of Pavantis, uh, underneath the city of Almar. And one of the last things that we found out last episode was that there were rumors of earthquakes far to the west in the country of Menarest, as well as a storm far to the south that was reported by sailors from the Wywold Islands. And Nari and the boys decided, maybe for Pine and Richter, it's time to go home. Pine, Nari, Roos, and Richter have already bought tickets for an airship to take them to Menarest. And that airship leaves tomorrow morning, the 10th day since the defeat of Amabi. But today, on the ninth day, something special is about to happen. Something that has not happened in probably seven or eight months here in the city of Almar. And that is- It's a birthday party. (laughs) We're all going to to the pizza place. And afterwards, there's a trampoline's place next door. Bouncy house that we special ordered. Mr. Pine keeps telling us that you can cry if you want to. Yeah, 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 you can. You know that song, Rick, to the song of our people, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, not <gonna> <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie i've been waiting for an opportunity where we're all like drinking for uh pine and richter to like have their arms around each other singing that song doing karaoke together but it hasn't come up yet <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny well we, today, we just haven't so had <laughs> enough liquor yet more liquor we're gonna jump on the trampoline till we puke <laughs> richter this is a library please don't embarrass us <laughs> I like oh, how Richter sorry. got in trouble. <laughs> if you drink too much in a library, you might forget how to alphabetize things. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's the problem there. All right. Well, today in the city of Almar, there is going to be a joint session of the Senate. Uh, the Senate here in the city of Almar is made up of two houses the High House, which uh, is different representatives from the city states. They are actually ambassadors, um, quasi royalty uh, from the different city states that make up Rokolia. Uh, and the Lower House is representatives from the different guilds and trade unions that are represented here in the city states of Rokolia. And they are going to meet today to discuss the uh, the crazy things that have been happening in the city of Almar. Would Nari and the boys stick around? Stick around and make fun of Matt Gates? Hell yeah, we would. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are in the library of Kedriel. And Nari and the boys 2.0, um, there is a joint session of the Senate that is about to commence. But first thing I want to ask you guys, in the last nine days, besides studying here in the library, communicating back and forth with Arkelvy, is there anything that anybody would have done in kind of that downtime? I think Pine would have visited Gerard to replenish some potions. Okay. And seriously consider purchasing some more um, items from him. Okay. Yes, Nari definitely would have gone with it uh, to get some potions. Oh, yeah. Just I, I could see. Up. I could see Richter doing the same too. <laughs> okay. Just a little shopping spree. Roos would again urge Nari to buy that um, Ion Stone of Strength. Well, then why don't we take care of that right now? As far as the potions of greater healing, there are five of them. They are 150 gold pieces apiece. All right. I, one of us gets two, the rest of us get one. I'll just grab one. I should be okay. Yeah, I just I just need one. 
uh, Roos, why don't you grab two? Because you also have the ability to heal other people. So it's yeah, nice yeah. to keep you alive. I'll take I two. love that you guys are so confident when the last time you guys fought anything, you guys are like, oh crap, we're going to die. <laughs> but we didn't. All right. Anyway, okay. So um, the uh, potions of greater healing are now gone. Is there anything else that, that caught your eye? There is, um, again, yes, there is the Ion Stone of Strength, which would be 3,000 gold pieces, which would give plus two strength to whoever um, uses it. I mean... How much gold do you have, Nari? I can I can give you some. I mean, I have no... I Because platinum is, like, one more than gold, right? It's another zero on the end? Yeah, it's like exactly. ten. Okay. So, yeah, no, I uh, I could do that. All right, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's get it. 3,000? 3,000. Wait, can I haggle? Why don't you make a persuasion check? We're your best customers, my dude. Um... <laughs> Wait, I thought he was our best customer. <laughs> I'll have you make it flat. Wait, what was it? Sorry. Persuasion. Or intimidation. I don't think I'm very good at either. So, you know, I'd rather persuade than intimidate Gerard. Okay, I got a four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it is a 3,000 gold pieces. He says, I'm sorry, my friend, but I, I, I have bills to pay. All right, well, give it to me. We have a Pavantus to save. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice that your your um, beast of burden trampled some citizens underneath the city. I imagine you have some lawyer fees to pay as well. <laughs> um, he says, yes, I, I, I actually, I'm going to the Senate hearing. This is a couple days before. Um, I'm going to the Senate hearing in a few days uh, to, to say what I saw. Hmm. I think I'll probably go and, you know, as an ambassador of Tabory, go there in an official capacity to, to uh, state the, the the official position that I haven't at all uh, coordinated with Kira on. But, uh, <laughs> you know, she trusts me. Oh, man. Awesome. Um, anything else anyone is interested in as you are here talking with Gerard? So remind me of what he had. Okay. <laughs> Um, so there is um, more potions of healing regular. There is um, elixir of health. There is a potion of heroism, potion of growth, um, potion of spider climb, potion of speed, potion of blink, and a bead of force, as well as an ever-smoking bottle, rope of climbing, uh, staff of withering, a bag of holding, two immovable rods, a ring of the ram, a horn of Valhalla, the silver one, a uh, cloak of the bat, um... Batman cloak, yeah. Um, an animated shield, gauntlets of ogre power, and a wand of magic missile. How much was the animated shield? The animated shield was 6,000 gold pieces. Okay. I can pitch in 900. I'm all out of money at this point, so... Well, I feel like I'm... There's not much that I need at this point. I'd probably pass on anything at this moment. Oh man, we got Gerard's hopes up at the end of the last chapter. How how much are the immovable rods? The immovable rods are five thousand for the pair, or you can get one for three thousand. All right, well, I don't have enough. <laughs> That's it. You guys are done. Then shopping with Gerard sounds like his prices are a little too high for you guys still. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. DM is not giving us enough cash, or we just need to start searching more bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you guys just sell like some uh, boots with the fur and make a ton of money? And we and we immediately bought stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's right. For the uh, spider climbing boots, the, uh, the yeah. slippers of spider climb. They're the Spider-Man's boots. They're, I thought they were my Spider-Man slippers. 
Yes, Spider-Man slippers, yes. Very good. Anything else then that anybody wants to do before the joint session of the Senate? I would love to get an update, you know, touch base with Kira and see how things were going there in Tabry. Yeah. Um, you know what? Um, over the next few days, you guys find out that there was a, a very fierce battle uh, outside of the city of Wayfield. Um, Tender's forces had um, set up to uh, besiege the city and Kira's forces uh, swooped down from the north as well as from the sky and attacked Tender's forces and completely routed them. Cut his force in half. Uh, Tender has since fled um, back east towards Arkelvy. Um, last you heard the, uh, angel's might, uh, the airship of your daughter, Pine of Sanya, um, actually won some very, um, uh, heroic battles in the sky over the city of Wayfield and, uh, Tabery's air force went from one airship to two airships and three that are under repair. So nice. There is that. Did Kira yeah. have anything to say about the Senate meeting? Like anything that she specifically wants us to mention or listen in for? No, I got this, Nari. I'm pretty sure I know everything she'd want me to say. Oh, uh, um, yes, actually, let's not ask her. In, in all honesty, she, I, she would just trust your opinion. She's so far away um, and she's got her hands full um, that she trusts what you guys uh, think would be best. Well, I think there's a few things that we could bring up while we're there. I know this is specifically about what's happened in Alma, but... I have no doubt that part of that is going to be the situation with the Ormex waking and leaving. And I think we might be able to shed some light on, on that situation. I agree, but I do think we should be very careful when speaking about the Ormex. I think a lot of people have spent most of their lives thinking of them as non, as inanimate beings. And I think we should be very careful about revealing their location or any of their anything that could uh, give someone tactical advantage over them. Oh, completely. 100%. In fact, what I was just going to say, I think the only information that I think we should give is that yes, they are, they are a true people. They are, they have consciousness, they have will and uh, that the city states of Rokolia should follow Tabri's example in recognizing them as an actual people, a sovereign people. There's also the question about what should be done with the, uh, the phallic uh, dark stone shape under the city that's thrumming with power. It's <laughs> positively pulsing. It's throbbing. Throbbing, one might say. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, my concern there is that some, some opportunists may attempt to siphon power from it or use it for their own ends. Uh, try to do something with it. And I'm afraid it's going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys have already talked about having um, Tigish potentially kind of look into um, keeping people away from down there. So here's what um, you guys have already put on the plate of Tigish. Pine hired him to locate his son, Temrin Jr. Roos asked Tigish to escort Farron out of the city so that Farron could then travel to Arkelvy, hang out for a bit, and then come back and hunt Roos. That was supposed to happen after three days. So that would have happened almost a week ago. Uh, six days ago, Tigish actually escorted uh, Farron to an airship and watched the airship fly away. 
And then that that is now done. And you guys have also asked Tigish to keep an eye um, down below uh, on what was going on uh, beneath the city uh, in that chamber of Amavi. And so at this point, um, Howling Talon has kind of set up a, a rotating... I wouldn't say guards because they're not really like, um, I mean, they, they can fight, but they're not, they're not guards. They're not sentries, but there have been um, three or four members of Howling Talon at all times down there, making sure that nobody is uh, uh, sneaking around, poking around, trying to get into the chamber of a mobby. And that is kind of where we were at uh, with Tigish. Man, that guy's clutch. <laughs> You cannot ask Tigish to do anything more for you. <laughs> Tigish is overwhelmed at this point. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> We're going to jump on trampolines later till we puke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then that will bring us now to the Senate hearing at the High House. So as you guys um, leave the library of Cadriel and you guys head into um, the city proper, um, heading towards the Imperial Palace, the High House is on kind of uh, the, there's like a, a, a green space in front of the palace and the High House borders that green space on the east side. Um, the High House is a large stone building the front of it has these double doors and there are these big windows uh, the, all along the front and along the side, uh, the east side of the building. It is uh, quite large, but you know that inside, you guys haven't been in there, but you've heard that inside there is uh, like an auditorium type uh, space where Senate will meet and discuss things, vote, do all that kind of thing. So we will now venture over to the High House. I wonder how many votes it'll take them. <laughs> I was just going to say, this isn't the dispensary like I thought it was. Because it's the high uh. house. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was going to make the joke. I didn't realize we were coming to my home, but all right. <laughs> Washington State, it's legal, guys. It's legal. <laughs> Don't it's add us. As you guys uh, venture in towards the high house, you guys are now out in front of the building. Um, and there are these double doors in front of you. You guys can go ahead and head on in and I will describe what you see. Um, there are people filtering into the building as well. The high house is not only for senators. There is, um, as you go in, um, you enter in and then there's these staircases that go up to this kind of raised area that overlooks the kind of the floor. Um, and there are benches set up for citizens to come and sit. And maybe if there's an opportunity to uh, to speak or make a petition, uh, this is where petitioners would be sitting. Um, and from the raised area, there are some staircases that go down to the floor, but there's also these uh, bench seating. And um, as you guys come in, you can see that some of these benches uh, up above are filled with, you know, townsfolk, that kind of thing. And then this kind of, I, I guess I said bench seating moving down towards the floor, but this is it like bleachers? Um, you can see that on these bleachers, there are uh, a whole assortment of different folk. You see like a guy wearing a, a leather apron sitting next to somebody with like flowers in their hair. Um, you can see somebody who is like, I mean, I don't know how else to describe them, except for they got like a bunch of cow poop on their shoes, right? Um, this is the like flower-haired the... hippie probably thought this was a dispensary as well. <laughs> but you can Honestly, see. Can I sit next to her? 
<laughs> you can see that these bleachers um, currently are being occupied by um, what must be the members of the low house, the, the guild um, representatives. Um, down on the floor, you can see that there are these much nicer um, cushioned benches and they are filled with people who are dressed very nicely. They look very uh, important or at least they believe that they look important. Um, and then down uh, kind of on the north end of the floor, uh, you can see that there is this uh, raised platform, this raised pavilion. And on the back wall, there are four chairs and um, three of them are occupied. Um, you can see in one chair, uh, you see there is a, a middle-aged kind of elaborately dressed um, a woman, probably like late forties, maybe early fifties. She has a, a high gray kind of updo, like a beehive almost, but it's very well done with like uh, beading and things braided through it. She is dressed very nicely and she is sitting uh, in one of the seats up there on the stand. And there's like a lectern right there in the front where uh, it looks like that's where the speaker, whoever's speaking will stand. Um, on the other side of the lectern, there's another chair that is occupied by another middle-aged woman. This woman is much shorter. She's got a big bulbous nose. She's got narrow eyes. Uh, she's got like this apparatus on her head. It's got like these multiple lenses, kind of jeweler's loop type thing. And she's got her hair done up in a gray bun. Um, and standing off to the side, um, there is a, um, a, like a tall man, probably like six foot five, uh, well-built. He's wearing kind of elaborate armor. He's got um, a staff in both hands. He's got braiding on his shoulder. He's got like a red apron hanging down, like a loincloth type thing. Uh, his armor that he's wearing looks very ceremonial and he appears to be some kind of like sergeant at arms. Um, and then um, one other seat is occupied on the dais. You see this older gentleman. Uh, he's got a long white beard. He's on wearing- the dais, On the dais, <laughs> on, on the, the dais, dais, on the dais. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> By the way, I tried to do that song for karaoke and I don't speak German. <laughs> anyway, he's wearing like black robes with gold trim. Um, he looks to be some sort of religious figure of some kind. Um, and as you guys approach, um, you you get up there on top uh, to the seating for the petitioners for the the common folk. And uh, immediately you see that sitting in the uh, in the benches, uh, kind of right up at the front edge of the petitioners' benches, you see Tikish uh, is sitting there as well, and he kind of nods to you as you come in. He says, I saved you some seats. And he kind of motions over to the side. I appreciate that. Do you have a petition that you're bringing forward as well? I have been a part of what has been going on, and I feel it is my duty as a citizen of Almar to to report what I know. You're a citizen of Almar? I thought you were from Barrister. I, I am from Barrister, but I am a citizen of Almar. Well, as a citizen of Almar, what do you know about uh, that woman up there on the right? <laughs> oh, that woman up there on the right. It's your fault, Paul. You can't choose hot tokens. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, okay, so you you ask Tigish who the woman, um, the kind of the updo, um, elaborately dressed woman to is. To be fair, I would love to know who all of these people are, like more specifically from Tigish, if he, if he knows. Okay, sure. Um, so Tigish points to the, the elaborately dressed woman and he says, uh, that's Lady Nicolette St. Clair. Uh, she is from Palmbrook. She is actually the high speaker. Um, the high speaker is kind of the, the, the leader or the voice of the high house. Um, the other woman up there, the, the one with the, the apparatus on her head, uh, that is actually Marilla of the Minutia Guild uh, out of Houghton. Um, so she speaks for the, the, the low house. She's the low speaker. 
And um, that man over there in the armor, that's the sergeant at arms. That is uh, uh, Sir, Sir Tiderius, I believe his name is. When you said her name was Marilla, I seriously thought you were going to say of Green Gables. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, Nicolette, uh, is she uh, single or what's her status going on here? Yeah, Nari, are you uh, single? I mean, what's your status going on? Hey, <laughs> I'm the one asking the questions here. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and then uh, he says, and the uh, the older gentleman up there, that is, uh, that's Cornelius. He's actually, um, he's actually the high priest for uh, the... Uh, Church of Iremil. Ooh. Well, this is going to get awkward. Is Iremil the only uh, god who is represented in these sort of meetings? It's... Iremil has a special place in the city of Almar. You'll find his place there is more token than anything. It's it's more tradition. Um, he really has no power, no say, but um, he, he does have a seat on the dais. On the dais. A seat is power, and it seems like none of the other gods are represented. Um, not throwing any shade, just just curious. I understand your concern. I have never heard him actually speak in session. So, well, <laughs> well, what we're about to say may very well elicit some words from Mister Cornelius. It won't be the first time that uh, we've been personally threatened by Iramil. Almar, I mean, Almar is a city that has worshipped Iremil for, I mean, even before the Empire. There's a statue of Iremil in the bay. The fact that they have a working senate after just overthrowing the Empire less than five years ago, that says something. I mean, progress. Make an insight check. Well, Pine, let's see how well the senate works, I guess. Uh, Pine rolled an 18. Oh, um... Tigish kind of snickers at, at you. He's he's much too polite to like laugh in your face, but you sense a little chuckle um, as you say they have a working senate. Okay, so you're what I guess what you're saying is that kind of uh, all bluster and uh, no power. As you are talking with Tigish, suddenly slam, slam, slam. The uh, Sir Tiderius slams his staff on the ground three times, and you see Lady Nicolette. Oh, it, it gets quiet. It's very, very quiet. Um, Lady Nicolette St. Clair, the, um, the finely dressed woman, the high speaker, rises up and stands up at the lectern. And she says, oh, yay, oh, yay. <laughs> the fact that that's actually what they say makes me laugh every time. I know, I know. She goes, oh, yay, oh, yay. As high speaker, I call this special joint council of the Senate to order. The high house of Recolia first acknowledges the distinguished members of the High House representing the recognized separate sovereign city-states. And as she says that, there's a quiet murmur as the um, the finely dressed folks sitting on the soft cushions down there on the floor kind of clap and applaud. And, and they kind of look at each other and bow to each other, kind of like, yes, yes, thank you for being here. It's it's a little bit pompous. Yeah, we're really important, yeah. A giant circle jerk just erupts. <laughs> and then uh then lady nicolette lady nicolette st Clair. then she uh she speaks again she says the high house also recognizes low speaker marilla of the minutia guild as well as and as she starts to speak suddenly there is like applause and like people stomping their feet as uh, lady nicolette like raises her voice to try to be heard um over all this cacophony as well as distinguished members of the low house of Recolia representing the guilds and trades 
um, as the clapping and everything keeps going on, Nicolette looks over to um, Sir Tiderius, the sergeant at arms, who then slams his staff down three more times, and then again, and then again until finally it starts to get quiet. Um, you get the feeling, even without an insight check, that the way the high house operates and the way the low house operates are very different. Then she says, this council has been brought together to discuss recent events affecting this city, Almar. And as Almar is subject to none and therefore subject to all, it becomes a matter to be dealt with by the whole of Rokolia. Firstly, the recitation of recent events. And then um, Nicolette sits down uh, and low speaker Marilla stands up. You see that she's very, very short. Um, she's probably like three and a half feet tall. Hey, Paul, while all this is going on, yeah, I want to keep an eye out for Bartaz. Why don't you make an investigation check? Ooh, that's a that was a good call. And I'll also whisper to my companions, "Hey, Bartas might be here. Keep an eye out." Yeah. Could I make it with with advantage if they're helping me? Yeah. Roos got a twenty two investigation. Uh, Roos, as you and Pine are looking around, glancing around, you um you don't see. Bartas, um, you with a twenty-two investigation, you do see a lot of. Well, actually, the high house is trying to ignore the low house members, and the low house members are trying to almost trying to get under the skin of the high house members. Um, but you see, sitting up here in the kind of the bleachers in the in the uh, petitioners uh, seating, you see a lot of people who are scared. You see a lot of people who um, are nervous, and you see a few people who are angry, and even a few people who look very, very intent on what is going on. Uh, I'd say you even see one person uh, who their eyes are constantly moving around the room, not focusing on any one place for long. Um, one thing I forgot to describe also, there are also city guards here in the room. Uh, there are two guards that are kind of by the entry. And then there's another guard who is standing down at the bottom of the stairs between the high house members and the low house members. And then there's another guard um, standing at another staircase and then another guard who's standing kind of at the back of the room. There's a door that leads um, kind of uh, out uh, further north into the rest of the building um, out of kind of this main area. And so there's five guards total. Three on the floor and then two by the by the front door. I am not feeling great about your description of how many guards there are unnecessarily. That that seems us. I've put guards on the maps lots of times. Honestly, I'm kind of glad. So we, we're not seeing just how many people are here. It's nice to have some, maybe some crowd control if things go crazy. Mm-hmm. The last time we were in a big crowd, Bartos lit it on fire. Maybe we should say that in this hearing. I was fully planning on mentioning that. Uh, Roos and Pine, you guys with your investigations, um, as you guys are keeping an eye open, uh, you do also see that like um, Sir Tiderius and the guards are constantly making eye contact with each other. Like they're constantly like scanning the room and making eye contact with each other. Um, you can tell that um, there's an unsteady uneasiness here um, in the Senate chambers. Were we allowed to bring weapons? Yes, you were. Okay. Marilla uh, of the Minutia Guild, uh, she stands up and she begins in her in her high voice, uh, kind of squeaky voice. She starts to uh, talk about all the things that have been happening in Almar and how crazy things have been. She talks about these five storms that happened, um, you know, a few months ago where like there was some cyclones, there was some like water spouts and everything, and then they died down. Uh, she starts talking about how people have been reporting sleepless nights, how other people have just been disappearing. Uh, also how it seems that some people have basically converted over to like a zealous uh, worship of Iramil overnight. Um, also uh, talking about how 
at one point that literally the servants, she calls them the servants, uh, just got up and walked away or they fought back against their masters. And you realize that she's talking about the deacons, about the Ormex. Um, she talks about how there's been violence in the streets, how recently the Dracia Opera House was burned and how there was even a fire at Smitchy's Bazaar. And then literally an hour after the fire at Smitchy's Bazaar, people un for no reason began racing towards the Cathedral of Iramil. And many of them then found themselves, they came to in some subterranean um, chamber and looking around, they saw that some of their uh, fellow citizens were killed, some by fire, some were stabbed and cut to death, some were trampled by hooves. Um, that is the report that Marilla talks about. I, I'll lean over to Richter and I'll say, she didn't even mention the plague of old men in blue coat gang members. <laughs> Let's, you guys, I think we need the shaggy defense. Wasn't me. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Um, Roos, with your insight that you already rolled of, of a 24, um, as, um, Pine says that you do recognize, interesting, she did not mention anything about Bartos, the headsman, or the kind of the, uh, supposedly the secret control of the city. She left that out completely, let alone the blue cloaked old, or the blue coated old, old men with swords. We're in the clear. <laughs> <laughs> no i think most telling is that she didn't say anything because she's not gonna she's not going to point out the fact that she is a puppet to bartas hmm. so lady or i keep saying lady she's not a lady she is she's a guild member she is i mean you can see like her fingers are like you know calloused and worn um she's of the minutia guild she does like small little intricate like clockwork things um, she goes and sits back down and then um, Nicolette St. Clair, Lady Nicolette St. Clair stands back up at the lectern and she opens the floor to discussion uh, about these recent events. Um, the first thing that she calls for is, I open the floor to any who are eyewitnesses to these events. Do we want to be first? Does that mean us? No, no, I, th I think we should <laughs> hold off and see what other people say. At least, at least let one or two. Roos sits back down. <laughs> Everything gets kind of quiet for a little while. Everyone's a little bit nervous to be first. Then finally, one guy stands up in the back and says, oh, I'll speak. And then this guy kind of walks down. He's uh, probably in his uh, late 30s. Um, he's uh, wearing like a doublet. He's, he's dressed nice, but not super nice like these, uh, like these high house members are. And he steps down and steps up to the lectern. Um, he looks very uncomfortable to be up there. Um, he turns to address the Senate as well as all the onlookers. He says, uh, I saw it. I, I saw the storms. I saw... I saw five of them. I, I, I saw them with my own eyes. I saw the wind come down. I saw the trees uprooted. I saw the water spout. But, but what you didn't say, I, I saw the five, the five beings that came down with the storms. And then somebody else says, ah, shut up. You're seeing things. And then it starts to get really rowdy as people are like uh, shouting him down. And then uh, Serge Hyderius then slams his staff down on the ground again for quiet. As Lady Nicolette stands back up, um, she kind of motions this man to step away. And... Um, she says, yes, we've all heard the rumors, the rumors of things coming from the sky. But um, no, uh, that has been determined to be uh, to be uh, figments of our imagination. Anybody else? Any other eyewitness accounts? Nari's going to kind of whisper and say to their friend here and say, do they always just dismiss the testimony of people so easily? Tigish kind of shrugs his shoulders, says, 
sometimes, if they don't want to hear it. Well, I think it's about time for us, everybody. Uh, one other person stands up first and goes down there, and he is a well-dressed uh, man with like gold buttons on his jacket. He looks like a merchant, like a very wealthy merchant. And he comes down, and he says, I saw it. I saw, I saw my servants. I saw my deacons that I paid good money for just stand up and try to walk away. And when I tried to stop them, and then he points to his cheek, said, one of them hit me. And they said that they were free people, that they had a will of their own. And they left me destitute. I want my money back. And he starts shouting down and then people start shouting him down as well. Um, and uh, after a while, he goes back to his seat. And uh, Lady Nicolette asks, any other eyewitnesses to any of these events? You can see that she's getting a little bit flustered um, with the goings on. Well, I think we witnessed all of the events. So maybe it is our turn. Yeah, we well, should we all go as a group or do you want to like go one at a time? So we get like, oh, yeah, that guy, what he just said. Yeah, I totally agree <laughs> with him. I, I think we should go together. I don't think that uh, I don't think that ruse will work very well for us. Okay, all right, ruse, you're the royalty here. Lead the no. way. <laughs> also, if they try to dismiss us like they did that last uh, gentleman, let's not allow them to uh, do so so easily. And Nari will just not threateningly, but just make sure her axe is very prominent on her back. Plus, your armor is super scary. <laughs> yes, you do have that smoky gray armor. Yeah. Both, both. Like she'll just kind of fluff herself up a little bit, you know. <laughs> All right, let's stand. One, two, three. Stand in unison. No, no, no. <laughs> wait, come on. Yeah, no, it looks cooler <laughs> if we all stand together. Ah, that was almost a wave, and then you, I yeah. stood up last. We ruined it, guys. Let's <laughs> Damn go. Damn it, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes our first impression. Your sense of timing is always off. Hey, Bruce. Before we get down there, pick that wedgie. <laughs> no, wait. I thought this was the new style. I had the strangest dream that this was the new style. Oh my god! You gosh. could be King of Almar. At least, like, brush the stash on occasion. There's so many crumbs in there, Jesus. Oh, he doesn't have the stash anymore. That's just, I think that's cinnamon from his breakfast. <laughs> the stash is gone. I just, I just have crumbs oh, on my god. face. Just on his face. Oh, Bruce. Oh, you poor thing. You're a hot mess. I'm <laughs> Hey, Richter, is Richter going to come down with us? I know that there's, I, I'm wondering if Richter, if he would come down and stand with us or if he'd want to go separate or even at all. Ah, man, he's he's really reluctant to trying to out himself. Um, Honestly, nobody wants to make you come out when you're not ready. Like, <laughs> I feel like all of us would support you if you wanted to stay behind and just cheer on the crowd. Yeah, we love you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Whatever you decide, whenever you do decide to come out, we're here for you. God, well, you know, I mean, it's just, what would my Nana think? You know, <laughs> that's... <laughs> All right, so Richter, you're going to stay up in, you're going to stay up in the petitioner's seating. Okay, Richter, you're going to stay up in the petitioner's uh, seating as the other three go on down to the floor. So um, Pine, Roos, and Nara, you head down to the floor um lady nicolette she sees you coming down um and her her eyebrows kind of go up she doesn't recognize any of you you don't look like normal folk and um as they go down i want richter as you're sitting up there i'm imagining that you are um kind of looking around investigating kind of keeping an eye open for everything so you can make one of three checks you can do insight you can do perception or you can do investigation i'll do investigation Ugh, only rolled a nine. Oh! 
Um, yeah, you, you look around. There's a lot of people who are re- very interested in seeing um, Roos and Nari and Pine head down towards this lectern. Um, and um, you see um, some of like the the guy who wanted his money back for the deacons, for the Ormex, who all walked off the job. He is uh, very disgruntled. He actually um, leaves. So um, Roos and Pine and Nari, as you approach the lectern, Lady Nicolette asks you to state your name and then tell us what you've seen. Am I going? <laughs> I think I think Pine should probably go first. He kind of seems the most eloquent. Okay. Fair Senate and citizens, I, Temrid Pine Sr., ambassador from Tabory, have been witness to many of the events spoken of here today, as have my colleagues. And I'll motion to you guys to introduce yourselves. I am Roos Biard, the last living heir to the throne of the Kingdom of Everlyn. Nari Stormfist of the Glass Mountains, warrior and concert to Queen Kira of Tabury. Richter is looking off at the side, trying not to make eye contact with anybody. I didn't know those people. Who are those people? There's There's a few points that we want to touch on here. First, you did mention the servants, as you called them, walking off the job. Um, I can attest that uh, what they said is true. Those metal bodies, as hard as it is to believe, house the souls of a race of people who lived thousands of years ago. There is a loud murmur that goes around the room. And Richter, up in the stands, you hear, like, you can hear people saying, yeah, that's what mine told me. They said that they were, like, from, like, they used to, like, like be bird people or something. And so you can hear people, some people are, like, disagreeing and, they're like, kind of, like, eh, nah, it's not true. And other people are, like, yeah, no, that's that's what I heard, too. Um, uh, okay. They were, their bodies were put into stasis to survive a calamity. And uh, before they were awoken, they were found by the former empire and rather than being awoken their bodies were used and subjugated but i assure you that the ormec people that's what they call themselves the ormecs the free people of alil are a true sovereign people with their own will their own souls and i invite this council the senate to follow tabri's lead and recognize them as such there is a, uh, you hear two different responses. You hear some people shouting out, hear, hear, and you hear other people saying, boo. Um, it's very divided. If you made an investment into these people, sometimes you just make bad investments. It's true. I mean, I have a whole collection of Beanie Babies that are worthless now. <laughs> <laughs> but if they turn new people, I would certainly let them go, right, Pine? <laughs> Most of them? Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot own a human being. You uh, you hear some pounding of the staff again from Sir Tiderius calming everyone down again. And then uh, Lady Nicolette kind of stands up and she's she says, thank you for your words. And then she kind of motions for you guys to step down. Oh, we got more. We have more words. She kind of, uh, oh. So many words. Okay, so she sits back down. <laughs> well, the fire from the other night, when my companions and I entered the city, our first night, we went to see the spooniest bard. I'd heard tales of how amazing a performer he is. 
And while we were there... At that point, we totally lose the crowd because they're all just like screaming, Tedward! Oh, yeah! Tedward, yes, Tedward! Oh, yes, oh! I see him every week! Yes, yeah, you hear all that. We've got the crowd on our side now, boys. Let me back up a moment. There was something that wasn't mentioned in your description of the problems that your city is facing. You didn't mention the fact that the real person in power here is Bartos, and he's pulling the strings on all of the leadership in the city. Anyway... Bartos. You see, you see when you say that you see everyone of the of the high house. You see, um, I want the three of you up in the front to make uh, perception checks. But you can see like <laughs> their backs, they, their backs get up, like they get like very offended. By Honestly, that. Nari might try to like not gasp a little bit. Like she didn't expect yeah, him I to mean, be so blunt. Like quite. We're frankly. about to get bludgeoned by stuff. <laughs> yeah, like Nari, Nari does a little bit of a gasp. Uh, she got a twenty six perception though. Oh my gosh. Ruth's got a 31 percent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, Pine got a seven. <laughs> I think Pine's just so shocked that Ruth just came out and said it. But um, Ruth and uh, Nari, both of you, you see like people are like, what? They're, they're like offended. Like, how dare you say that? And you see a couple people uh, sitting in the front of this high house, uh, a man and a woman sitting next to each other that look very sheepish and almost a little afraid. Ruth will point at that man and woman and say, you two seem to know something. I'll continue with my story. Our first night, we were here to see the spooniest bard of all. And my my dear friend, Mr. Pine, was wearing a blue coat. And apparently, Bartos has something out for people that wear blue coats. And he tried to murder my friend in plain sight in front of the entire crowd. He lit the opera house on fire trying to murder my friend. And we had to flee the scene. And you hear you hear people shouting out, "That's unfounded! That's unfounded!" And somebody else says, "No, it was a, it was a, a fireworks display gone wrong." You, know, you hear people shouting out random excuses. With with Nari's perception, can she like mm-hmm. kind of pay less attention to what Bruce is saying at this point and like pay attention to the crowd just to make sure nobody is going to slip out suspiciously and light a fire or attack us or anything of the sort? Okay, yeah. Uh, with your perception, you notice that Sir Tiderius and the guards are super vigilant, like extra vigilant. But with your perception, you notice that they are looking at each other more than they're looking at the crowd. The other thing that you notice is um, with your perception, you see that there is one person in the high house on these benches who keeps kind of looking um, kind of up um, over over your head. Like he's looking at you guys talk and you see him look up over your head and then look back down at you guys and look back up over your head and look back down at you guys. Nari will kind of nudge Roos and uh, nod to that person. Okay. Roos will Roos will turn back behind him to the priest of Iramil and ask, does your god have any sort of power to tell if someone's telling the truth? Can you cast a spell to see if I'm lying? Uh, well, he, he kind of, he he almost kind of wakes up like, oh, 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 and he's just not used to being uh, spoken to. He says, um, uh, <laughs> I, I I could ask my Lord Eremil for that uh, power, but I, I I do not have it today. I'd have to I'd have to pray and and gain that power on the morrow. Well, there were eyewitnesses, and Roos will say, my my companion Tigish of of Howling Talon was there that night, and he would be able to corroborate what we're saying. Uh, Tigish does kind of stand up, and he kind of. Uh, he he, kind of puts his hand up in the air and waves, and then does a very elaborate, very, just kind of sexy bow, and then sits back down. 
<laughs> he looks so good in his Barastian clothes. He is so very handsome. That is one sexy lizard man. Um, Lady Nicolette then stands up. She says, oh, okay, um, thank you for your words. You've caused quite the uproar. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> you can see like, you can see like she, um, her, her, her fancy hair, uh, like you can see strands starting to come loose. Like she is getting stressed by what you are speaking about. And the crowd, even though they're not always yelling and, and, and stomping their feet and stuff, you can see that there is a, there's a visible an audible hum going on here in this Senate. Um, there is some definite unease going on. And Nari is going to keep focusing on that man, like just making sure that he doesn't. You want to keep looking know. up above you and then looking back down? Yeah, that seems suspicious. Roos asks um, Squire to hold his hands over Mr. Pine's mouth so that when Pine speaks, it like booms loudly and casting thaumaturgy. Yeah, uh, Squire's like, Squire actually, he looks at you, Roos, and any sarcasm is gone from his face. And he gives you a very deep bow. And then he hmm. puts his hands over Mr. Pine's mouth like uh, like you're yelling in like a TV show or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I so Pine hasn't seen this guy looking up, but I'm still no. wondering what's above us. Anyway, um, I'm afraid there's an octopus in the rafters with a big heavy weight. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, Pine will continue and say, probably the most uh, dramatic thing that's happened over the past few days is the, the fire at Smitchy's Bazaar and the citizens finding themselves underneath the city in the in the caves the catacombs down there and the phallus the phallus too oh yeah there's also there's a yeah, penis shaped thing and it's not penis shaped it's just it's just long and hard <laughs> but anyway. I, mean, I feel like that's a pretty common like architect type dude i think we're losing the people here sorry, sorry. <laughs> like, like oh phallus Ooh, i better go down there and check this out myself we suddenly got everyone's attention again <laughs> let me tell you a story the first man who spoke, who spoke of the figures in the storms, I know you've already dismissed his claims, but they are true. I state this as the official position of Tabery. We recognize that this is the truth, because we have seen those figures, and we've actually done battle with them. One of them was right below this city, at that obelisk. These storms brought with them heralds of inevitability. When he says that, what does the uh, priest look like? Um, he looks... Um, why don't you make a perception or an insight check? Um, as you guys are speaking, um, Richter, you're sitting there on the, on the, on the benches, and you see um, suddenly... Oh, excuse me, my friend. And then you see Gerard come step past you and, and have a seat next to you. He says, sorry I'm late. The token does look like a chubby Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Have you never noticed that? It's, it's no. a chubby Morgan Freeman. I didn't notice until just now. It looks, it looks very good. How did you not notice that? Look at this, chubby Morgan Freeman. It <laughs> <laughs> even has the ear piercing. I know. It's chubby Morgan Freeman. It's like chubby uh, Prince of Thieves Morgan Freeman. Yeah. It is. That's great. Awesome. So Gerard is now sitting next to you, Richter. There are, there are people here in this room who can attest to what they saw underneath the city um, in, the, in those chambers. The fire was actually caused by another of those heralds, a herald of fire, who 
having finished his work, attacked us. Okay, Nari, real quick. Pine, hold that thought. You were looking around to see what the priest of Iramil was doing. You see him glance kind of off to the side. So he's looking um, south, and you see him kind of glance off to the southeast. And with your 19 perception, you see him glance, but you can't see what he's looking at before his eyes snap back over to Mr. Pine as he speaks. In the Glass Mountains, there is an oracle. And this oracle has created a map of where these heralds have been doing their work. The Herald of Fire was performing his work in the city of Gildazan. And we know now of the resulting destruction and death. You hear a murmur come up amongst the crowd talking about, oh, Gildazan, yeah, it, it fell into the lava. It's, it's gone. Thousands of people dead. Yes. What a calamity. The, the Herald of the Wind was up in the Glass Mountains. But underneath your city was the Herald of Mind. And that Herald was siphoning off the psychic energies, the, the very souls and will of the people of Almar to power whatever its designs were. It was using all of you as food. For what I do not know. But when confronted, we fought it until it died. And like, as I said, there are those in this chamber who can attest to that as well. I see the good sir from Valkenar, uh, the, the merchant Gerard. He was there. Uh, people kind of look uh, up where you're... Maybe don't throw Gerard under the bus here, bud? But he's everybody's friend. <laughs> you see, you see... Richter kind of slinks a little bit lower in his seat and kind of... <laughs> Gerard kind of stands up and kind of holds his hand up. He's wearing his black uh, witch's cap. Uh, boots with the fur. He's got. Um, it, it, that's all he's got on right now. I mean, I mean he's wearing clothes, obviously. But he's, um, he's wearing a cap and boots with the fur. <laughs> cap and boots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's like my four-year-old. It's like, hey, time to get clothes on. Yeah, cap and boots. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he kind of stands up and and and, and waves, and he kind of calls out. And he says, "Yes, my friends, I can attest to what I have seen. They speak true." Bruce will step forward and say. Now, we refer to them as heralds because that's what they told us that they were, but they all serve Iramil, and Rus will turn back to face the priest again and say, your lord that you worship is bringing about the destruction of the world. The shattering five years ago, Gildazan, all of these things are because Iramil, however you say his name. Iramiel. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> he is trying to destroy Pavantis, as we know it. The the priest stands up as you're speaking and he points his finger and he says, You know nothing of Iramil. You know nothing of the inevitable. You cannot stop the inevitable. You cannot stop Iramil. Richter stands up and to that says, You be silent. Um, and he's going to try and intimidate this guy using the decree of Lord Astroman. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what does that do? What, what does he have to do? Uh, so, I, I'm going to make a, an intimidation check, but I also get to roll a superiority die and add it to this. Oh, gosh. Okay. Come on. Be decent. 18 for that. And then a D6. So, 21. And what does he... Because he... Okay, so here's the deal. That's ballsy. He rolled a natural 20 on his... I guess it's a wisdom save, right? Is that what it would be? Uh, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Intimidation is a charisma ability, but I suppose you could 
your okay, save. No, okay, so let's let's stick with charisma. Let's stick with charisma. Um, so he rolled a natural twenty. You rolled a twenty, then a twenty-one. Yeah. Total. He, with his charisma modifier, a twenty plus one. You guys tied. So here's what we're gonna do. Oh. We're gonna do a roll off, just a straight d twenty. Okay. Let's just do it, just for fun, because I like but this Paul a lot. Paul always oh rolls twenties. Oh my gosh! Oh my God. God. Jeez. I was. I was saying you always roll 20s right before you roll the 20. Go to hell. Come on, Jordan. I rolled a six. Oh, <laughs> oh Jordan, you're such a disappointment. Oh, my gosh. Stop saying so much like my mother. Uh, you see him take a step back as you call him out, and then he calls out and he says, Are there any here who will not stand with Iramil, the angel of inevitability? No, Amavi murdered them. Your herald of your god murdered them. Iramil has been a cancer on this city and this people for decades. Pine and Nari, the two who have not spoken, make perception checks. Pine got a six. Pine is just like, what the hell is going on? I'm sorry. Risk it spicy. Nari got a 21. Nari, I am going to let you roll a d4 and add one. All right, that's a solid three. As the priest of Iramil calls up and says, Are there, aren't there any who will stand up and defend Iramil, the angel of inevitability? You see that two of the guards step forward. The one who is guarding the door that kind of leads out of the building or to the back. And then the one who is standing by the stairs that separates out the high house from the low house. Richter, you are up in the stands. Make a perception check. Okie dokie. Come on, please, not a crappy roll. And I got a one for a five. I, I am on a tear tonight. Yeah, dude, I'm right there with you. I think that a tear is about to happen as Irem the priest of Irmiel stands up and calls for aid as Sir Tiderius turns towards Nari and rushes her. And we are going to roll initiative. You speak some truth to power, and of course they want to kill you. <laughs> Every time. Roos got a 10. Pine got a 15. Nari got a 20. Richter got a seven. It's okay though, because your attack rolls are going to be awesome. <laughs> Let's hope. All right, so at the top of the initiative, at initiative 20, we have Nari. Nari, Sir Tiderius is rushing at you with this staff he's got in his hand. It's, it looks like it's um, like a hardwood. It's got gold bands and metal wrapped around it. It looks very ceremonial, but as he is swinging it your, in your direction, you can see it looks like it could do some serious damage. All right, well, I am going to, I guess, just go after him because he's coming after me with my axe. Uh, so that is a 22 to hit. That will hit. Cool. For 15 damage, and then I will come in again for another 24 to hit for 10 damage. Mm -hmm. And then my third attack oh, is a nat 20, of course. Oh my for, gosh. For 29, my friend. It sure is. Zero body count. We don't want to kill these people. <laughs> uh, so I rolled a Four, so 13 damage for that one. Oh, well. And if, nice. if, if, if he's looking too, he's not looking too bad. No, not at all. Oh, well, okay. No, this guy, no, not at all. Not even a little bit? Not even a little bit. Okay. 
Well, let's just use our extra attack then. Let's go for it again, just in case. He's looking too good. Your uh, action surge? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go 18 to hit. That'll hit. That does 12 damage. And then again, uh, 13 to hit, I'm assuming. That will definitely miss. His armor looks very ornate and kind of over the top, but it is still plate. Okay, and then my last uh, last roll was for not one to hit for 10, so cool. Well, that will miss. Dude, this Senate meeting is turning into like one of the, you know, the videos you see of like Eastern European, like Congresses, like all just oh, throwing shoes at each other and stuff. Are you talking about Eastern America? Like the DC? <laughs> okay. Uh, Why don't so, you love uh, America, Sabrina? <laughs> that's our Eastern then, right? Okay. Um, oh, I missed somebody. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am losing it. I got to add a turn for this guy. Yeah, I was wondering where uh, Gerard was. I gotta add Gerard in too. Give me a second. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Nari, good first round. You dealt like a total of like 50 damage with your attacks. That's great. Um, and now it is his turn. Sir Tiderius is going to swing back at you with two attacks. It looks like that is going to be a 17 or a 19. 19 will still hit, yeah. Okay. Uh, that will be a total of eight damage to you. Pretty oh, weak. No. You rolled a one and a two for the damage dice. My elbow. And that is his turn. He is going to stay put. And that brings us now to somebody in the stands. As everybody stands up and begins to um, clamor and fight and yell and scream, suddenly, Richter, uh, you see over to the um, to your right, over on kind of the east side of the building, you see a woman who had been sitting up there stand up and she holds her arms out and she is going to cast a spell. Nari, you have magic missiles coming your way. Nari, that is going to be 10 damage. Just you get hit for 10 damage as these magic missiles come flying your direction. Um, and uh, that is all she can do because most of her spells are area of effect. Okay, Mr. Pine, it is your turn with uh, initiative 15. Okay, so up on the dais right now, I'm standing right next to the uh, the Minister of Minutia or whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, the, the low speaker, yes. Marilla, the Minister of Minutia. <laughs> Minutia. Uh, and and uh, to my to the east, then, is both the priest and the uh, Tiderius. And then mm-hmm. a little bit farther, there are, there are a couple guards. But I can get the priest and I can get Tiderius in a 30-foot cone. And I am going to shout, hopefully, Thaumaturgy is still active, and I will shout and say, Your defeat is assured. Flee or fall. It's a terrifying shout. I need to do a DC 16 wisdom save, or they are afraid of me. They drop their uh, weapons, and they have to use their actions to flee from me um, if they can. But I'm about to do something else, too. So it was uh, against the priest and against um, Tiderius, as well as that guard who looks that like... That guard is actually too far away. Okay, so only those, two, only the priest and Tiderius. Yes. Cornelius, the priest of Irameel, is now afraid of you, Mr. Pine. Uh, Tiderius is going to burn a legendary resistance, and he is not afraid of you. Okay, well, that sucks. Uh, that was a level three spell. <laughs> Do they move immediately? No, it's on their turn, but I'm okay. actually going to move up within 10 feet of them now. So now they can't, uh, if they're afraid of me, they can't move. Okay. 
All right, you guys, you have now boxed in uh, Lady Nicolette St. Clair. Oh, you, uh, oh I'm is, sorry. I moved to the wrong spot. I would move up kind of uh, away from the, the two representatives. Um, maybe close distance with Nari. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, you are you are kind of standing still on the dais, uh, close uh, within uh, striking distance of Sir Tiderius, um, but you are still within ten feet of uh, Cornelius, the priest of Iramil, who is terrified of you. Okay, awesome. And he cannot move, and he cannot make a saving throw until I'm out of his line of sight, which means he's just stuck there. He dropped whatever he was holding, which was nothing. Okay, he can't move. Can he make any actions? It says, while frightened, a creature must take the dash action and move away from you by the safest available route on each of its turns unless there's nowhere to move. And then it says, if the creature ends its turn in a location where it doesn't have line of sight to you, the creature can make a wisdom saving throw. So, I don't know. You have to rule on this. Basically, he's out of the fight. That's what I was hoping for. And is it is it a concentration spell? It is concentration. So I'm, concentrating. I'm concentrating on it, yeah. All right, sounds good. Okay, very good. And then uh, is that all you're going to do then this round? Uh, Yeah, for now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gerard, it is his turn. He steps up and immediately blasts three. He pulls out his wand of the war mage, and he blasts three blasts down in the direction of Sir Tiderius. And it looks like, ooh, not so great. He hits with one of them, though, and that is going to be a total of... 14 damage to Sir Tiderius as a blast of energy goes shooting out of his wand of the war mage. And that is his turn. Tigish's turn. Tigish is going to rush down past Richter and confront this uh, guard who uh, was standing uh, at the base of the stairs. So basically what happened is Sir Tiderius, two of the guards, and somebody in the stands, thanks to the D4 roll plus one that Nari gave us, um, there are now two guards and somebody in the stands who are uh, who are Iremiel um, associates, I guess you could say. And uh, Tigish is going for one of them currently. Let's see. They're Iremiel's bitches. Um, he is going to hit once and that is going to be... Oh, gosh. Oh, flippity-doo. It's going to be a critical hit. Oh, hell yeah. Because of Assassinate. That's going to be a lot of damage. That's going to be, I believe, that's going to be 55 damage Whoa. with one hit. Oh, man. Because Tigish is an assassin. And that is Tigish's yeah, turn. Yeah, he is. Nice. Jeez. And that brings us now to that guard who was just attacked is going to attack back at Tigish. Uh, it's going to, he's, uh, this guard, she's going to attack three times at Tigish. The first one is going to be a shield bash with her shield that says um, wham on it. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> I was wondering if they were going to show up. Uh, AC 15, and oh, barely hits. So Tigish is going to have to make a saving throw with a natural one. Tigish is knocked prone and is going to take some uh, some damage, 11 damage to Tigish. And then two spear attacks are coming with advantage. The first one is going to be, oh, definitely a hit. And the second one is going to be another hit. Two hits now uh, with the spear. That is going to be 4d6 plus 8. Oh, that's nothing. That's only 16 more damage. That is 27 damage total to Tigish from this guard. And Tigish is prone. And back up to the, uh, the dais where we have Roos. It is your turn. Roos is going to turn to both of the speakers, the both the high house and the low house. 
what did you call them again? I want to say it right. Uh, yeah, the, the the high speaker and the low speaker. Yeah, the high speaker and the low speaker. The the woofers and the tweeters. <laughs> He's gonna cast oh um, a spell that I haven't renamed yet, but it was uh, that handsome mustache charm. And he's gonna, you know, try to rub his mustache, but then realize it's not there anymore. And just instead... keep a bunch of a bunch of powdered sugar on your fingers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then just like pose heroically. They both have to make a DC 16 wisdom save or be charmed by me. Okay. Um. So Marilla, the uh, the M- Marilla of the Minutia Guild, she is um she's fine. She actually rolled a natural 16. But uh, Lady Nicolette Saint Clair is a natural one. She is 100% charmed by you. You get all the hose, Roos. <laughs> Roos will stand and, and just... Do I know which ones it worked on? I, I'm assuming I would intuitively Yeah, know. you would know. You would know. So Roos will look at her and say, how dare you attack three dignitaries of foreign nations on the floor of your Senate? You must end this now. Very good. Um, at the end of your turn, um, Sir Tiberius is going to take a legendary action and is going to command the guard who is attacking Tigish. And he's going to call out and say, get him again. And the guard gets one extra attack. And it is still with advantage because Tigish is prone. That is going to be a natural 20. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Yep. And that is going to be 2d6 plus 4. So 2d6 times 2. Let's do 46. all of your 20s, Paul. Every single oh, oh my gosh. Jeez. Oh, oh my gosh. I almost got it. The number of times you roll 20 and like max damages, like it's insane. I okay, you guys fought a Mavi like whatever, three episodes ago, and you know that's not true. A Mavi could have wrecked you guys. Anyway, okay, that is gonna be a total of 25 damage to Tigish. Tigish is looking very, very rough. Good thing we have a friend there with potions. Oh no, we bought them all! <laughs> He's gonna charge Tigas for every it. single one. <laughs> oh gosh, oh you know it. Okay, and that brings us now to the other uh, guard on your side. First off, he's gonna step up to this other guard, the, one of the guards who did not turn, make a quick attack against him, and miss. And then oh, make a, straight up like a coup. Uh, make a second attack, and that will hit, and that is going to be more than enough. Um, he spears this one guard who was standing uh, still on the side of the Senate, um, killing him outright. And then with the rest of his movement, he's going to move over and confront Mr. Pine. Mr. Pine, one shield attack coming at you. That's going to be um, a 14 to hit. I think that's going to miss. And be insufficient. And with that, another legendary action. As Sir Tiderius says... Stab him again! And that guard is going to attack Tigish again. With advantage. Oh gosh. This time only a 19. Oh man. 2d6 plus 4. That is 15 more damage. Uh, Tigish is hurting very, very bad. And that brings us now to Richter. Richter is just going to charge down the stairs and engage that guard that's been stabbing Tigish. All right, yeah, this this guard, she's standing there. She just stabbed Tigish like four times. So we'll have one attack. Please don't be crappy. Ah, 21 to hit. That will hit, yeah. All right, and that will do 16 piercing damage, and then he is going to yell out, 
you have been judged and found guilty. Swordmaster's justice. And he will uh, go ahead and smite strike this person for another uh, 68 of damage. Oh my gosh, that's right. Another 26 damage, and she is prone. And she is prone. Okay, yes, she falls prone next to the prone figure of Tigish. Good, and then I'm going to attack her again. <laughs> With advantage. <laughs> With advantage now. Kick him while they're down. A 24 to hit. That will hit. Another nine piercing damage. Tigish looks incredibly rough, and this uh, this woman. I got also one more looks- thing I can do as a bonus action, though. I think. Okay. Okay. Let me see because here. She's looking real rough. Oh, actually, no. It's a superiority die one. And I- okay. Okay. Yeah. No. That I think that's it for. Yeah, that's it for him. Yep. As Richter finishes his turn, um, Sir Tiderius calls out to this other guard who's right next to him. Uh, who is uh, confronting Mr. Pine and says, get the old man. And he is going to you now attack at Mr. Pine one time with a shield. <clears throat> That's only a 15 to hit. Don't sound so disappointed, Paul. <laughs> He's trying to break the concentration so that uh, the priest of your meal can go. Oh, actually, sorry, that's not a 15. That is actually a 16. That still does not hit. That still doesn't hit yet. Okay. All right. That is now the Priest of Iramil's turn, who is stuck and cannot move. At the bottom of the round, we have some movement that is going to take place. We have um, Marilla, the low speaker, is going to dash away and go kind of uh, move towards a corner to hide. As uh, the um, high speaker, who has been charmed by Roos, turns to Sir Tiderius and says, how dare you? You have soiled the high house. And um, she attempts to command him to stop. um, And it looks like it has no effect. Ah, okay. We've all soiled a little high once or twice. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That brings us now to Nari. All right. Nari is actually just going to I think at this point, keep hacking at uh, this guy in front of her. Sir Tiderius? Not necessarily for damage to kill, but just mostly to, you know, incapacitate. So 26 to hit for 10 damage. Mm-hmm. And then a 21 to hit for 12 damage. And then a 29 to hit for 11 damage. How's he looking? Holy smokes. Um, he is still looking... Relatively okay. Yikes, okay. Bull. Yeah. What? That seems sus. What level are you guys? I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Come <laughs> <Hold> on. <laughs> All right, Nari, is there anything else that you want to do? You have um, the Priest of Aramil kind of uh, next to you. You have the High Speaker next to you. You have Tiderius. And you have one of these guards who is uh, who is following Tiderius and uh, the Priest of Aramil. I mean, I don't think I want to do anything right now, but I think that, like, if any one of them, like, try to leave... Am I able to use my uh, reaction to like kind of grapple as opposed to attack? Or yeah, that, 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 okay, yeah, that's that, that should be just fine. If anyone tries to move out of my range, like I would like to grapple them as opposed to attacking them. All right. Uh, well, Nari, your turn is up. It is now Sir Tiderius's turn. 
Um, so Tredarius has uh, two targets, but he is definitely going after Nari. She has been dealing the big blows to him, and he is going to strike back. Two attacks, uh, 21 or an 18. 21 will hit. Okay. That is going to be, oh my gosh, this damage is terrible. Eight damage. On that what? one attack. What? <laughs> the damage Elsa. is terrible on that one attack, Paul. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, nine damage. All right, um, that will do it for Sir Tidarius' turn at this point. Um, but up in the bleachers, up in the cheap seats, we've got um, this spellcaster is going to... Cast magic missiles at me? Um, no, actually, um, I need constitution saves. You've been waiting for that for so long. I know. <laughs> Richter and then uh, from Tigish. Tigish is going to roll a constitution save and fail. Okay. A 16? That will save. Okay, you're going to take half of this damage. Oh. It is cold damage. It is going to be 32 damage. And Tigish drops. Oh. Oh, and one more save needs to be made. And so does this guard that you knocked prone, Richter. She knocked Tigish down, and she also took out this guard that you knocked prone. Wow. That's ruthless. It's clobbering time. Was that Cone of Cold? Yes, it was. Jeez. That is her turn, except for she is now going to step back. She is actually now moving um, kind of north towards the staircase going down onto the floor of the Senate. Um, kind of the, the further to the side one. Okay. That brings us now to the guards. Two of the guards who are still back here by the door are going to rush forward and try to get into the scrum, rushing past Gerard, but they are not in the fight in any way. And Pine, it is your turn. Okay, first things first, Pine will just bellow out. This is an attempted coup. And then he's going to uh, take some attacks. You said Tiderius. Tiderius, right? Yeah, Tiderius. Okay, yeah. I keep thinking, you know, James Tiberius Kirk, but Tiderius. But there's also the other guy right in front of me who can knock me prone. Yes. Who has not been hit yet. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and come after Tiderius. Okay, that guy's the that guy's the big problem here. So my first attack with the Tabor Ambassador's Blade Level Three is a dirty twenty. That'll hit. Uh, yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so the damage for that is going to be twelve piercing, six cold, eight radiant, and on top of that, I'll say unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury, and do a level two Swordmaster's Fury for only an addition, well, nine damage, nine more damage. Okay. So that's the first attack. Okay, nice, damage. Second attack is a 26 to hit. That'll hit. Um, 11 piercing, four cold, seven radiant, and let's throw another uh, level two Swordmaster's Fury on there for another eight damage. Wow. Oh, wow, nice. Oh, man. Uh, and then any bonus action I would have, I think would be concentration. I'm keeping, I'm maintaining concentration on the priest. I figure if he's up here and we're up here, that uh, uh, his followers, the followers of Uramil, won't want to hurt their, you know, spiritual leader. Right. That'll be my turn. Okay. Um, Mr. Pine, um, Sir Tiderius calls down to this guard next to him and says, Knock him down. And you have another shield bash coming your way. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's going to be a 10 to hit. Um, that's another wasted um, legendary action. Yes. Okay. And it is now Gerard's turn. 
Gerard um, sees the fleeing um, the mage who is heading down towards the floor of the Senate. Also sees that Tigish has been blasted with some cold. Uh, Gerard's going to rush over towards Tigish and uh, administer a potion of healing, giving Tigish a whopping four hit points. Better than death. Better than dead, yes. Tigish is still prone. And now that will bring us to Tigish. Tigish is going to stand up and uh, look around the room and see Marilla, the, um, the low speaker, rush over to her side and put his arm around her and say, come with me, lady Marilla, we'll get you out of here. And he is going to uh, try to assist her and protect her from any damage coming her way. And we have a dead guard. And now it's Roos' turn. Roos, you are up on the dais. Um, you have commanded the high speaker who um, seems to hold no power over anything going on at this point. Um, also, if I haven't, if you haven't figured it out, there's also people running left and right and screaming. People are fleeing this building, um, heading south towards the doors to get out of the building as fast as possible, trampling over each other. Um, Mr. Roos, what are you going to do? So I'm going to go reposition to be standing behind, uh, opposite Mr. Pine on that soldier and kind of... Um, Southeast from Ti- Tiberius or Tiberius? Tiberius. Uh, southeast from Tiberius. As he's moving, he's going to say to the high speaker, you should really go and admit to the low speaker that you work for Bartas. You should really go and admit to that. And then as he's saying that, he's going to strike out at Tiberius. Okay. Wah, wah. I got a 13 to hit. That will miss. For my bonus action, I'm going to throw GG towards the wizard lady that's been shooting spells at people. Oh, okay. And Gigi's gonna lash out with her bright blue tongue for a 24 to hit. That will hit. Dealing 12 force damage. Ooh, nice nice. Hit. And that will be my turn. Awesome. All right. We've got three more people this round. Um, we have the guard with the shield. Actually, no, wait. First, Roost, after your turn, uh, Tiderius is going to turn towards you, and he's going to strike out at you with his staff. That is going to be 22 to hit. That will hit. Oh, my gosh. My damage is terrible. That's going to be 10 damage to you. Um, I'm going to use my reaction to have Squire half that. Okay. And then this guard who's been trying to knock uh, Mr. Pine prone is going to attack with the shield again. That's going to be, oh, finally a hit. That's going to be a 20 three to hit. Okay, that hits. Okay, and you are going to take um, seven damage and you need to make a save. You need to make a strength save, difficulty 15, or be knocked prone. Oh, come on. 19. Oh, thank you. You saved. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, That was clutch. You know what? He's going to attack you with the shield again. Uh, That's going to be only a 17 to hit. That'll miss. And uh, shield one more time. 18 to hit. That still doesn't beat my AC. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay, after his turn... Um, As he's coming at me with this shield, I'm basically like deflecting it with my cane. Um, okay, uh, then uh, Tidarius is going to attack at you, Mr. Pine, uh, with his last legendary action of the round. That is going to be... 18 to hit. <laughs> nope, that, that still won't hit. My AC is still 19. I burned up all my good rolls at the beginning. Okay, here we go. Richter, it is your turn. Yay. Um, Richter is seeing the, uh, sees that the mage 
that fired the uh, cone of cold at them has darted off to the north eastern side of the platform and heading down those stairs where Gigi engaged her. Um, having noticed that, he yells out, the light shows us the way, speed of the light. So he, he uses speed of the light to double his his uh, movement uh, for one of his abilities, uh, which is kind of cool because it doesn't even require a bonus action. It's just an other ability, Okay, which is nice. which is nifty. Not that I will be using a bonus action at all for anything, but hey, you never know. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and make an attack at her. Okay. So a 19 to hit. That will hit. All right. We'll go ahead and do 11 piercing damage, and he will also yell out, You have been judged and found guilty. Swordmaster's justice. And oh, will. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And now that you have three slots, you're like you're 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 really liberal with them at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's getting wild over here. So another twenty five damage, and she is knocked prone. Uh, she is definitely knocked prone as she stumble as she falls down the stairs, dead. Nice. Uh, okay, and then, um, well, I'm going to then use my bonus action to cast my last spell of far step. To teleport over here, oh and then gosh. I'll make my last attack action on Tiderius. Okay, uh, twenty-eight to hit. That will hit. Jeez. <laughs> For ten piercing damage. Awesome. And that's it. I don't have any more spell slots or anything. So, <laughs> do, oh do you remember when your rolls were sucking? <laughs> I know, right? Now, now I'm like nailing all my attack rolls. It's great. All right, Richter, your turn is up. All legendary actions have been done. It is now the priest, Cornelius, the priest of Aramil's turn. Did you make your um your concentration oh, save? Concentration save. Yeah. Oh, that was only an eight, so he's no longer concentrating on that uh, fear effect. So he can now move on his turn, which is his turn. And what is he going to do? He is going to... If he tries to run, Nari is going to full body tackle him. Run away! No, I'm afraid that this guy's a high level cleric. <laughs> I think I think so too, but we'll see. This guy is going to cast a spell. Oh, jeez! Suddenly, a wall of fire erupts, and it whips around you guys. Oh, that that includes the 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 speaker. It looks like. He and Tiderius are safe. I need everybody else to make a saving throw. It is a dexterity saving throw. Everybody gets to add four because you're all within 10 feet of me. And this includes the guard who has been fighting alongside Tiderius. So Richter got a 23 when he adds in Pine's bonus. And Pine also got a 23 because we're twins. <laughs> nice. Bruce got a 22. When adding the plus four. And I got a nat 20 for 22, plus four is 26. Did everybody beat a 15? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah. all saved. Yeah, dude. Okay, well, you guys are all going to take 22, halved to 11. Um, and um, I think when this pops up, uh, you can tell that the side you guys are on is hot. Uh, very, very hot. Um, the guard who... Uh, he also took the damage that he, he did not save. He's going to take all 22 damage. And the first damage that he takes is from an ally. 
and that is gonna take us back up to the top of the round as all hell has broken loose here in the high house of the Senate in the city of Almar. We have senators rushing here and there trying to get out of this building. There is now a fire inside, which seems to kind of be common here in Almar, apparently. Um, we have some <laughs> dead soldiers. We have Tigish has taken some big hits and we have all of this craziness happening here in the Senate, in the capital of Almar on, what day are we recording today? Oh, that's right. January 6th. <laughs> but oh, that's geez. what we're going to leave it for tonight. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh. Hey, All right, quite, you guys. Wait, wait, question. The high speaker, is she in this wall of fire? Oh, no. The, the high speaker is instantly killed. <gasps> that is a very good point. The high speaker no. is burned to This death. is a coup. This is a you coup attempt. You are not allowed to kill babes like that, dude. <laughs> I guess I should have probably said that. High speaker gets toasted by this wall of fire. And that's where we're going to leave it. So, hey, if you like what we're doing, go check out our Patreon. We got some awesome content that's been going up there. We had some uh, outtakes that went up just a couple of, uh, little while ago. We also have some outtakes that just got done today. I'm sure they're going to have to pop up in the next one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, don't forget our shop. You can go get some uh, Dodecadoric drip and, uh, you know, ratings, reviews, Patreon, all that fun stuff. Uh, until we get together next time, we hope you have a great time. <laughs>